Let's turn our Bible this morning to the book of 1 Samuel. We'll be in 1 Samuel chapter number 30. Thank you for the music as always. And it's certainly what a wonderful thought that God loves us. And this world can be mean and cruel, but God loves us and His Son to die for us. We're certainly thankful for that. I'm going to read from 1 Samuel chapter number 30. And while you're turning there, I do want to remind you about the service tonight at 4 o'clock not six o'clock, and I look forward for you to hearing uh, Brother Peter Gunther will be preaching for us tonight, and I'm excited for you to uh, get to hear him, and for you to get to know him, and for him to get to know you, and I look forward to seeing what God does this afternoon at four o'clock, and I've heard we met in St. Lucia, if you're here Wednesday night, I mentioned that, and uh, we became friends pretty quickly, and uh, and I've heard him preach a few times, and so I'll say this to you, uh, we'll bring in the new year this year uh, with uh, the service this afternoon. Uh, you didn't get that, did you? But uh, uh, no, I want you to be here tonight. He'll be a blessing to you. I am certain of that. First Samuel chapter number 30, I'll begin reading verse number 1 uh, down through verse number 8. And it came to pass when David and his men were come to Ziklag on the third day that the Amalekites had invaded the south and Ziklag had smitten Ziklag and burned it with fire and had taken the women captives that were therein, they slew not any, either great or small, but carried them away and went on their way. So David and his men came to the city, and behold, it was burned with fire, and their wives and their sons and their daughters were taken captives. Then David and the people that were with him lifted up their voice and wept, until they had no more power to weep. And David's two wives were taken captives, Ahinoam the Jezreelites, and Abigail the wife of Nabal the Carmelite. And David was greatly distressed. For the people spake of stoning him, because the soul of all the people was grieved, every man for his sons and for his daughters. But David encouraged himself in the Lord his God. And David said to Abiathar, the priest Ahimelech's son, I pray thee, bring me hither the ephod. And Abiathar brought thither the ephod to David. And David inquired at the Lord, saying, Shall I pursue after this troop? Shall I overtake them? And he answered him, Pursue. For thou shalt surely overtake them, and without fail recover all. We'll preach from this passage this morning, and I'll have to confess to you, this is not the message that I wanted to preach today. This is not the message I had planned to preach today. I believe it was about Friday the Lord began to put this passage and these thoughts on my mind, and, and I did as I'm certain I'm the only preacher ever does is uh, this morning I was up very, very early and uh, arguing a little bit with the Lord and said, Lord, I mean, this message that I spent all this time in and prepared and getting us ready for the new year, it's like the Holy Spirit said, you needed that, they don't. And so uh, he gave me this message this morning. And so <clears throat> I want you to get, I say all that to say, I want you to give me your attention. Uh, we're coming out of Christmas. Uh, there's many who aren't here today. This message is for those that are here today, and I want you to listen very carefully. I'm going to preach this morning on what to do when your ziklag gets burned. What to do when your ziklag gets burned. Father, help us today as we look into your word. We're thankful for a risen Savior. We're thankful for the Lord Jesus Christ. I stand here today thankful for my salvation. I rejoice in it. And Father, I'm thankful for the church that you allow me to be a part of. You give me the privilege and honor to pastor. 
Father, I pray that you would use your word this morning in the lives of your people. And Father, you've blessed us. You've given us a great year, one not without heartache, not without disappointment. But certainly we must testify to the goodness and blessings you've bestowed upon us. And Father, there's a new year upon us, and if you don't call us home tonight, we will enter into a new year, a new opportunity, new challenges us. Father, this morning as we hear the message, I pray that those who need it today will allow the scripture to be a help and encouragement to them. And may we all be reminded if we don't need it today, the day will come when we do need it. And Father, I pray once again, if there's one unsaved, may today be their day of salvation. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. There's a lot of truths in, in this one story. There's, a, there's literally a series of sermons that could be preached. We read just the first part of this story, and if we were to continue reading, we find, if you will, the end of the story. As David and those men recover what they lost. It's interesting how God used different things to get them to that point, but I want us to focus on the beginning of this chapter. We find in verse number 1 that, it came to pass when David and his men were come to Ziklag on the third day that the Amalekites had invaded the south, and Ziklag had smitten Ziklag, Ziklag and burned it with fire. Ziklag was David's place of residence. It was his place of rest. David was in exile, and God had provided this place for him. He had, it, he had gotten it, acquired it. If you read chapter 27, you find it was given to him by a Philistine king, Achish. And after Achish gave it to him, and David was in exile from Saul, and he was uh, with, the, with uh, the enemies of Israel. And the Philistine people, as you can imagine, were nervous about David being in their midst. And they had come to Achish, and asked him to, and told them how uneasy they were, and Achish came to David and asked him to leave. And so, Scripture tells us it was a three-day journey back to Ziklag. When David had left Ziklag, and before his return, he did not know Ziklag would get burned. If we study and read the life of David, I think we can draw the conclusion that if he had known that an enemy was going to come and burn Ziklag, he would have waited and been prepared to face that enemy and face that battle to prevent that from taking place. Not only did he not know that Ziklag would get burned, he did not plan, he did not make any provision for what happens if Ziklag were to get burned. David had no backup plan if Ziklag got burned. If David had known it was going to get burned, he would have been there to prevent it. And as David discovered Ziklag and what had taken place, he probably responded how we do whenever we face a similar situation that we did not plan for, we have no backup for, Quite frankly, we don't know what to do because it took place. He probably said to himself, why did I ever leave? He probably said to himself, if I had been here, I could have prevented this from happening. 
If I only had stayed, I could have seen it coming. The reality of the matter is David was not expecting Ziklag to burn, just as we do not expect our Ziklag to burn. The reality of the matter is he had no reason to believe that this place of rest, this, this place of respite, this place in his exile that he had, he had made a home out of, he had no reason to believe that that was going to take place. After all, David was focused on Saul, who had sworn to kill him. Saul had his attention. David had focused on him and on the rejection of Achish, yet it was not Saul or the Philistines that burned Ziklag. It was an enemy he was not focused on. It was a battle he never saw coming. It was something that wasn't in the plans. Friend, isn't that how it is in our own life? We're focused on Saul. Try not to let him overtake us. We're focused on the rejection of Achish, those that we loved and we served and Saul had, had, has now trying out of jealousy and envy and, and fighting the will of God, trying to destroy him. And now he finds a, a solace amongst a different group of people and he finds a, a friendly king to, to acknowledge him and to give him a place of respite. And now because of circumstances in his life, he's rejected him. And we're focused on Saul, the enemy. Now we, he's been rejected, and he's going back to that place of respite, unaware that it's been burned. It was not the enemy that he was focused on that we read about in chapter number 30. He's focused on the enemy. He's focused on this rejection. Then... Just like David, we're blindsided by the Amalekites. We can hide from Saul. We've had three days' journey to internalize their rejection, to process, I thought this is the way God was going to have me go. And without any warning, I'm told that's not going to work out. And now I've had three days to internalize it and think about it and, and stew on it and be wounded by it. And I'm blindsided by an enemy that I was not prepared for. I can imagine as David journeyed back to Ziklag, he thought about Saul. He thought about Achish. But I imagine him consoling himself. At least I have Ziklag to catch my breath. At least I have Ziklag to get some rest and some respite to figure out what I'm going to do next. Saul can't reach us. At Ziklag, we can regroup and figure out what is next. After Achish has asked us to leave, after all, it's been quite a difficult journey. But we can be refreshed 
by our wives when we get to Ziklag. Oh, the laughter of the children are going to, is, that's going to encourage us when we get back to Ziklag. I'm tired, but just a little further, and I'll get to Ziklag. As David and his men approach Ziklag, men such as them, probably all occurred to them at the same time. Something's not right. The smell of smoke, smoke filled their nostrils. Where were the wives to come out and greet us? I hear no laughter. There's no smiles. David faced what sometimes we face. Our solace. That which we depend on, that which God gives us because there's a Saul. That which we long to get back to after we face the rejection and that which we thought we had for our future and a place to belong. We have that rejection and at least I can go back to Ziklag and nothing can get me at Ziklag and I don't have to worry about Saul at Ziklag. I can forget about Achish at Ziklag and at least I have my family at Ziklag and at least we can let down our guard a little bit at Ziklag. But while we're away, an enemy blindsides us and burns Ziklag. David is faced with what sometimes we face. Ziklag had been burned. So what do we do when Ziklag has been burned? Well, aren't you thankful that God recorded what David did when Ziklag was burned? Friend, I'm here to tell you this morning, I don't have to figure out what to do when Ziklag gets burned. Because God shows us in chapter number 30 what to do when an enemy that you weren't prepared for blindsides you. When, when the place that, 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 that the enemy couldn't touch you, the, the, the church that you come to, the home that you live in, the life that you have, that when you find that peace in the midst of the turmoil, when you have that peace in the midst of the uncertainty all around you, the place you're waiting while God gives you the direction, the place that you're waiting and He strengthens you while, he, while you're waiting on Him to fulfill the promises in your life, what do you do when Ziklag gets burned? Well, let's see what takes place beginning in verse number 4. Then David and the people that were with him lifted up their voice and wept until they had no more power to weep. This is going to be a deep, theologically deep message for you this morning, so I hope you're ready for it. What do you do when your ziklag has been burned? Number one, Weep. You weep. There's some things in life you're never 
going to be prepared for. There's some things in life that you cannot avoid. You can know where Saul is. You can know where Achish is. But while you're dealing with Saul and while you're dealing with Achish, there's another enemy that comes in and burns your place of respite, turns upside down your peace, uh, takes away your tranquility, and and that is what you depended on to, to, to hide you from Saul to give you rest from Achish, and now it's been taken away. You can't plan for that. You can't prepare for that. Well, well, Pastor, what am I supposed to do? Well, the only thing I can tell you is the natural response that comes from that. You weep. Weeping was not a sign of weakness. Let me remind you who we're talking about. We're talking about King David. We're talking about the one that when he rode into town, in the Philistine town, it made everybody nervous. Why did it make them nervous? Ever hear of Goliath? Their champion who could not be defeated? Here's the man who looked him in the eyeball and, and, and slayed him. They're a little nervous because David was a warrior. David could handle Saul. David could handle the Philistines. But David, when he wasn't looking, his ziklag got burned. What did he do? He wept. Why did he do that? Because that's what you do when you get blindsided by something you cannot plan. I would dare say that as David's weeping, these men are weeping, it's not because they were weak. It's because they were hurt. The Bible tells us that everything was gone. All they had were ashes. Have you ever been there? If you haven't been there and you live a little bit longer, you'll be there. Pastor, what do I do? Well, I see what they did. They did what comes natural. They didn't have to ask, what do we do next? It was that natural reaction. They wept. They hurt. They were human. Friend, if your ziklag's been burned and you find yourself in verse number four, and Pastor, all I know how to do is weep, and, and I try and be stronger, and I just weep. From weeping, when everything's been taken from you, weeping when you've been blindsided, weeping when the Amalekites have come in without any warming, warning, and, and you have all these thoughts that go through your mind of, of now what is we going to do to fight Solomon? What about the Philistines? Friend, it's the, it's, the, it's the avenue of loss, and you've lost everything, and the things you love, the very things that, that you were motivated to keep moving on, the things that, that comforted your heart while you were facing these other enemies... Well, I find, what did they do? What do you do when your ziklag gets burned? Weep. It's okay to be human. Number two, what do we find? What do you do when your ziklag gets burned? Now, let me help you. There's a progression here. If you don't ever get past one, if all your going to do with your days is weep that'll be the end of your story but notice what takes place in verse number six 
And David was greatly distressed. Let me stop right there. If David gets greatly distressed, you're going to be distressed. And just, let me just remind you, just because you got saved doesn't mean you're not going to be stress-free. You're going to be distressed. He was greatly distressed for the people spake of stoning him. This is a whole other message and a lesson itself. Everybody is weeping. Be careful when your ziklag's been burned. You start pointing fingers. Why didn't you keep me from this? Why didn't you stop this? Pastor, why didn't you prevent this? To the Why didn't you? We start pointing fingers. And now, David, you led us here. Now our wives are gone. Now our family's gone. Our stuff is gone. We got no place to regroup. How am I going to be focused against Saul and all of this? Now he's greatly distressed for the people spake of stoning him because the soul of all the people was grieved. There it is. How, I wonder how many, how, many, how many Christians have left the very place where they could find that healing, where they could find that direction because of their grieving. And they blame the people around them. They, pl- they blame somebody else. They blame God. God, why didn't you keep this from happening? Or why did, well, if, if we had not gone and, and over here with Achish, we would have been there. Why did he? He must not be following the Lord. Because if he had been, we wouldn't have been over here at Achish. We would have been here. Sometimes you just get blindsided. And now he's greatly distressed for the people spake of stoning him. Because the soul of all the people was grieved, every man for his sons and for his daughters. But David encouraged himself in the Lord his God. What do you do when your ziklag gets burned? Number two, encourage yourself. Pastor, I'm here. Encourage me. I will do my best, but it's not my job. Is this Bible not for you? Do you not have the Spirit of God in you? Do you not have a God that loves you? Well, I went to church and I didn't get encouraged. Encourage yourself. Why did he need to encourage himself? Do I have to go through this all over again? He had been weeping. He was greatly distressed. He was not distressed because he was not right with God. He was distressed because while he's fighting an enemy who's fighting him, while he's dealing with rejection from new friends, while he's going through all of that, the Amalekites, another enemy, comes and steals everything, burns it down. He's distressed because of what he's lost. He's distressed because of his setback. He's distressed because of unexpected results. He's distressed because of the reaction of others. What did he do? He encouraged himself. There's too many Christians. Now, let me say this. We as God's people ought to be in the ministry of encouragement, not discouragement. We ought to be looking to somebody that we can encourage. But let's be honest. All of us have been in a place 
where our ziklag has been burned, and you, somebody saying to you, I'm praying for you, just isn't enough encouragement. Well, well, God bless you, brother. God bless you, sister. Oh, well, since you said that, that makes everything better. Oh, a pastor gets up here and says, The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. And oh, that's comforting scripture and it's helpful scripture. But let's be honest. While you hear that, you can still smell the smoke in your nostrils. Uh, your family's still not at home. You don't have a roof over your head. You're not denying that it's true, but it's just not enough encouragement. So what do you do in that situation? It's not a preacher that's supposed to encourage you. It's not a brother and sister that's got the responsibility of encouraging you. You've got to encourage yourself. David didn't depend on others to encourage him. Number three. I used, when I look at this packet, uh, pass of scripture, I used to think number two and number three were the same. But I don't think they are. We see in verse number eight, verse number seven, David speaks to the priest, bring the ephod. There's a study there that we don't have time for, but I'll mention this. I find it interesting that he's amongst the enemy and he has a priest and he has the ephod. Verse number 8, And David inquired at the Lord. Number 3, what do you do when your ziklag... I told you this is going to be deep. What do you do when your ziklag has been burned? You inquire the Lord. I used to believe that you encourage yourself by inquiring of the Lord. But living a little bit longer and having your ziklag burned a few times, I believe there's a lot of people who don't inquire of the Lord because they've yet to encourage themselves. And if you can't encourage yourself in the fact that you may not understand why God allowed the Amalekites, or why God didn't tip you off to what was coming so you could be prepared for it. But you still got to encourage yourself in the fact that, that, that God is still on His throne. And that, that whatever God allows, He allows. And no matter how bad it is, you can at least be thankful you're not Job. Because somebody's always had it worse. Somebody's always going to go through worse. But whatever, I'm encouraging myself, God is still on the throne. And when I get encouraged, maybe I'll inquire of Him. We get the answer from the Lord. Here's, here's some Christians, they, they, they'll encourage themselves even, they'll weep, or, which is a natural response. I'll get to the place, what am I going to do about it? And they will go to somebody besides the Lord. David... Please do not miss this. There are mighty men with David. But David didn't go inquire of them. Because they were just as helpless as he was. They had no answer. Just like he didn't. 
And truth of the matter is, they had not yet encouraged themselves. Friend, this morning, I, I, let me just say, I'm thankful for God's people. I'm thankful for you. I'm thankful for other preachers that I can call and, and I can ask for help. I can ask for, for advice. I can ask for a question. But friend, when your ziklag has been burned, there's not a man who can give you an explanation of that. There's not a man that can tell you what to do. And I, as your pastor, I pray for you and, and, I, and I plead on your behalf before God. But friend, let me tell you, when that blind side comes and you're looking for an explanation, I don't have an explanation for you. I don't have the answer for you. All I can do is say, have you inquired of the Lord? Have you asked Him? He inquired of the Lord. What should I do? A lot of people never inquire because they do not take the time to encourage themselves. We see that he inquired, and we know the end of the story because I've already mentioned it to you, but how does that apply to us? If I inquire of the Lord, he's going to tell me that maybe I should forgive the one who burns Ziklag. That just sucked the wind out of the room. He's going to tell me that I should rejoice in the Lord always. He's going to tell me that I should trust Him. He's going to tell me that I should still obey Him. He's going to tell me that I should still by faith do everything that He's commanded me to do. Because let's just, let's just remind ourselves, this is David, the anointed king, who's not sitting on his throne. This is David, who had been anointed by Samuel. This is David, who's running from Saul. This is David, who seems like he, he's a man without a country that God promised him he was going to have. And now his place of respite, if it couldn't get any worse... Now the Amalekites come in and burn his house down, take his wives, take his family, take all of their belongings. He literally now has nothing but God. Well, that is an uncomfortable place to be. It's not a helpless place to be. It's not a hopeless place to be. I could personally testify to you that there have been times when I never saw the Amalekites coming. I never saw what life was going to bring. I was just focused on the promise. I was just focused on what God had told me He was going to do with my life. I was just focused on what God had blessed me with, and I never saw it coming. I didn't know what to do but weep. I didn't know what to do, but hey, I've got to encourage myself. I gotta find well that that joker's certainly not doing it. And I would go and I would read my Bible and I would find what I was supposed to do. Christian, you won't find him telling you to quit. 
You won't find justification for your bitterness. And by the way, quit looking for the why of the Amalekites. Well, if I knew why, I would understand. Well, knowing why isn't going to build those buildings again. Knowing why wasn't going to bring his family back again. There's a lot of Christians who don't do what God tells them to do because they're still waiting on the why. He inquired of the Lord, and when he inquired of the Lord, that's when he found his direction. What do we do when our ziklag burns? Let's go back to verse number 8. And David inquired at the Lord, saying, Shall I pursue after this troop? Shall I overtake them? And he answered him, Pursue. For thou shalt surely overtake them, and without fail recover all. Number four, what do you do when your ziklag is burned? You pursue. Let me read this verse of Scripture the way I think most Christians, or should I say a lot of Christians, read this verse of Scripture. Shall I pursue after this troop? Shall I overtake them? And he answered him, Pursue. Thou shalt surely overtake them and without fail recover all. And then David said, When you bring everything back to me, I'll pursue. That's not pursuing. A simple definition of pursue is to follow with a view to overtake. To follow with haste, to chase, as to pursue. For just because your ziklag has been burned doesn't mean that rest it took from you, you can't get it again. Doesn't mean the joy that has been taken from you, you can't get it again. Doesn't mean the peace that has been taken from you, you can't have it again. But what you need to do is you need to pursue it. You need to leave the ashes behind and go get it. Well, this is where I've wept, and this is where I've encouraged myself, and this is where I've inquired of the Lord. And he says, pursue, pursue, pursue. Get your dream back. Stay focused on God. You can still be used by Him. You can still have joy. You can still have peace. And we know the end of the story. They recovered it all. Say, well, if I pursue, that's the answer. Well, let me say this to you. Pursuit did not unburn the buildings. Pursuit did not roll back the clock. But pursuit was what was necessary to get everything back. They pursue, and as far as Old Testament characters go, if there was one man I would not want pursuing me, it was David. Makes me think of when we were in Israel and went to Ian Getty and that place where he hid and going up in all those caverns and so much is still there and you had to, 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 to climb and get in and I couldn't get away from the thought, 
who in their right mind would follow David and his mighty men up here? The same could be true. I wouldn't want him pursuing me. He pursues and God used the most unlikely person to say, that away. God used those that were with him to get everything back. They recovered all. We need, we need to be reminded that while they got their families back, they got their belongings back. They still had been blindsided. They still had gone through the trauma. I wonder how many of those little children woke up with nightmares. Well, I'm glad Daddy came back, but they're still scared. I wonder as it was time for them to go to the next battle, the wives don't leave us. You know what happened last time. But we have to go. Now, you know what took place. Tell me it's not going to happen again. They could not tell them that. They had to go forward with their duty. You can get that joy back. You can get the peace back. You can serve. But there's always going to be in the back of your mind the Amalekites who can come in. Friend, this morning, whatever happens in life, you and I must be reminded on the pathway of duty sometimes. Ziklag gets burned. We can quit on God and get bitter at life. I've said it before, I'll say it again. There's nothing more miserable in this world than a bitter Christian. Well, that's easy for you to say, Pastor. You were, you were born into a Christian home. You were born into a pastor's home, and, and you've had such an easy life. Have you not been paying attention? <laughs> there ain't nobody who walks this planet that hasn't had their ziklag burn. We can sit, and, and, and so many Christians never get past that first point of weeping. I'm not telling you not to weep. You're, you're not looking at a man that says, hey, you, you shouldn't hurt him, you shouldn't cry, and you shouldn't have those feelings, and you shouldn't grieve, and you shouldn't, you ought to be a better Christian than that. That's, I'm not going to tell you that because it's not scriptural. And I haven't lived that in my own life because there's sometimes you're doing all you can do to stay a step ahead of Saul. You're doing all you can do to, 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 to get over being sent out by, by, by King Achish. You're doing all you can do without even knowing it's not Saul that gets you. Is that what you didn't see coming? I would submit that there's as many Christians who have given up on God and fallen away from God because they never recovered from Ziklag. See, we, we know the life of we know we know David and Goliath. We know some of these stories of him and his mighty men. Ziklag was just as much or a greater threat to him as any of his other enemies. 
I don't know who needs this this morning. I would might would suspect we all need it this morning. But maybe in 2023, you didn't expect your ziklag to get burned. Maybe you can say, Pastor, I identify with weeping. I'm going to tell you, at some point, you have to encourage yourself. It's okay to let the tears run down your face while you're encouraging yourself. Oh, he just flipped a switch and he was ready to go. No, look, he'd talk himself, he'd encourage himself. Then he'd start weeping again. Because there was still no laughter of the children. There was still no comfort of the wife. There was no bed to lay on. Their, 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 their treasures were gone. Oh, aren't you thankful that God is still on his throne? But when you go back to an empty house, you're still weeping. Well, I encouraged myself, and God didn't take the sorrow away, and God didn't rebuild those, those buildings, and God didn't bring all of this back to me. Friend, you weep, you encourage yourself. You weep again. You encourage yourself again. You weep again. You encourage yourself And you stay encouraged a little bit longer. But you may weep again because you're reminded, I wasn't expected that. It came out of nowhere. I I don't even want to lay my head down tonight because I don't know what else is going to come. You encourage yourself. Then along the way, we might find it a good idea to say, what am I supposed to do now? Inquire the Lord. Pursue. Pursue. Has your ziklag been burned? What am I supposed to do? Pursue. Pursue. When when God told David to pursue, he did not tell him when he would overtake. He did not tell him where he would overtake. He said pursue. Can I help us this morning? If David had responded like most Christians, when God says pursue, they'd say, well, how long am I going to have to pursue? As soon as I'm over this, I'll pursue. You mean to tell me that David was over it when he began pursuing? Hey, if, if you've got a broken heart, you're going you're gonna to feel that sorrow whether you're sitting at home feeling sorry for yourself or whether you're trying to serve God. So you might as well pursue. Pastor, I love all that, but can I, am I getting it all back? He gave the promise that he would have it all. Well, I don't... He gave it all to David. We read about it. I believe God gives it all back. Sometimes it'll be when we're in his presence. What do you do? You pursue. This is a special passage of scripture to me. This is one that God gave to me many, many years ago. When Ziklag had been burned. 
And I could think of everything that had been taken. God used this scripture to say, pursue, and I'll give it all back. I know David, when he got it all back, there was rejoicing. But there was a new set of challenges some I've already mentioned because what happened, happened. But David still fulfilled what God had for his life. You and I can still fulfill what God has for our life. You know the story. Did David ever take the throne? Absolutely, he took the throne. He took the throne with more burdens than he thought he would have when he was anointed. He took the throne with more sorrow than he thought he'd have when he was anointed, but he still took the throne. You can finish your race even when Ziklag's been burned. Who needs to encourage themselves this morning? We're going to go to invitation in just a moment, and this may be one of those mornings where you've been holding it all in. It might do you good to weep. Or maybe you say, that's what I identify with. Maybe you got to come to the altar this morning and encourage yourself in the Lord. Or perhaps inquire. Lord, show me what I should do. Show me how to take that next step. Pursue. There are too many Christians who are using it as an excuse. Well, I was running from Saul. I was hurt by Achish. And God, why didn't you keep Ziklag from getting burnt? When we ought to just respond when Ziklag gets burnt. To the Young people, the young single, the single adults, the young couples especially, I wish I could tell you, life will never blindside you. I wish I could tell you. You'll never come back to that place of respite, that place of rest, weary and burdened. Instead of being able to take a deep breath, Never feel the panic that fills your soul. You'll never fear the sorrow that literally takes your breath. You'll never bear the disappointment that drives you to your knees. I wish I could stand here and tell you that that'll never happen. But the truth of the matter is, our zigzag gets burned. Well, Pastor, if you can't tell me that's never going to happen, what can you tell me? I can tell you to weep. And when you're done weeping, I can tell you to encourage yourself. And after you encourage yourself, I can tell you to inquire of the Lord. He's not going to tell you to quit. He's not going to tell you to give up. Pursue. Pursue the running of your race. Pursue fulfilling the will of God for your life. Pursue that which has been taken. God will give it all. Father, help us today.